Welcome to the Minister Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes, and I'm joined by Thomas Majors. Thomas, how you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm doing real good. I'm full. Yeah. And I've eaten some fish. Yeah. And I hope I don't start swimming later. <laughs> and I had chicken just a little bit ago. We happen to eat at the same hope you restaurant. Don't start scratching. So, I hope not either, buddy. <laughs> oh well, Thomas. Today we're going to be talking about the ministry of saying hello. We're going to be talking about practical ways to start a ministry. I think that's appropriate because it was just almost a year ago that we had a podcast titled "The Ministry of Saying." Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> and now we are saying the ministry of hello. That's right. That's right. The ministry of saying hello. So when I think about that, basically some ways that a pastor can start well, right? Yeah, that's what we want. A pastor can end well, even if they don't start well, but it sure does sure. help if they start well so they can end well. Right? Yeah, that's right. I, I don't know where I heard this before. I may have, may have read it. When a a man becomes the gets voted in. Mm-hmm. He is the preacher the first Sunday, but he oh, doesn't yeah. become the pastor that day. That is really good. Can I tell people you said that? Can we yeah. credit you with that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really that, good. That, that man. is definitely not original, but <laughs> but but isn't that true? It is definitely true. Because yeah. the preacher the first Sunday, but yeah. doesn't become the pastor Next until time. sometime later. Yeah. Now, about how much time later? I know it depends on the circumstance, what the church goes through, what the pastor goes through. But I, I've got a, I've got a number in my mind where I think, yeah, your pastor is what I think. I think it's different for every church. Uh-huh. I, at Tiplersville, uh-huh. it was uh, three years. At, that was the number I was going to say. It's three years. It's three years. At Tiplersville, it was three years. And at Holly, it was, it was before that. Uh-huh. It was yeah. maybe a year and a half. Okay. But but at Tiplersville it was definitely 3 years because they had so many pastors come in and they would leave before that 3 year mark. Yeah. And so if you if you made it to 3 years after that 3 year mark then uh then you you were the pastor That's of right. the church. You had earned their respect. That's right. So I think Andrew Chestine, he was there over he may have been there over four years. Okay. I was there for like three years, 10 months or something like that. And yeah. so we've kind of talked about that before that it was that three year mark. So, yeah, you know, and I was just speaking with someone at the Southern Baptist Convention last week and I asked this person, how long have you been at your church? And he said, three years. I said, oh, good. You made it through the worst of the times, which the, his year two would have been 2020 pandemic. Nothing was really normal during that year. So he might be a little behind the curve when it comes to that. But typically, I think year one is 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 pretty much a honeymoon. You know, it, it is. Uh, year two then is where people begin to think, well, I wanted to see this church go in a different direction. And their new pastor is not listening to what I think, or he's not doing what I think he should do, or whatever the case might be. In year two, there's a lot of hardship. There's a lot of there heartache. Is. Year two is hard. Year two has been the hardest year at every church I've ever served. And then by the time you get to year three, it's like, oh, okay, we're going to do well together. This guy's going to stay. He's going to love us, and we're going to love on him. And whatever differences there were six months ago or 16 months ago, we've worked through those, and we're going to go ahead. And I agree with you that year three is typically the time where you stop being just a preacher. You now the pastor is what yeah. I think. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a good thought. I don't know why we – but you have a sim, you had a similar idea as what I had too. That's right, yeah. So I would agree three years, but – 
there's something that we can do. I think there are some ways that we can strengthen our ministry to begin well. And so what, what are, what are some of your thoughts? I I know I've got some thoughts about, uh, starting well. Yeah. So what are some of your thoughts about starting well? I just had someone ask me this a few weeks ago. He said, what is one of the first things I should do as I become a pastor? What should I do? And I said, your first week on the church field, try to find out where everybody lives. I said, you'll want to ride around. For me, it was the chairman of the search committee. A lot of times the chairman of the search committee or the deacon chairman is one and the same, but just go get in the vehicle with them and say, man, I don't know anything about this community. I don't know anything about this city. I don't know anything about this town. Let's just go hit the back roads. And and that's something I like to do. And so, and so we just, I've taken church directories and I'll say, show me where this person lives. Okay. We'll be there in three minutes. And you drive by. And for me, it helps me get bearings about the community. I want to know where that person lives. I want to find out a little bit about, about the lay of the, of the, of the community. So that's what I do. And it gives you a good opportunity with the chair of the committee or the deacon chair, uh, whichever one to say, Hey man, this guy cares about us. He knows where my sister lives or he knows where whoever that is lives. And, and you kind of do that. So that's one of the first things I would do. Get acquainted with the lay of the community. That's, that's good. I, I know that I did that as well at Tiplersville. One of the deacons, Ray Cossett, picked me up one Sunday morning. I mean, not Sunday morning. One, oh, you just skipped preaching that yeah, day. Yeah, we huh? skipped yeah. preaching that day. <laughs> uh, we, he picked me up one day, and we just rode around all day long. Yeah. I, he showed me so many houses. <laughs> this is so-so's house. This is the, And we were driving down these back roads and everywhere, yeah. and I didn't remember hardly any of it. Yep. Yeah. But it was a good day with Mr. Ray and yeah. talking to him. Went and ate in Walnut somewhere. Yeah. I remembered a few places. Yeah, sure. I knew a little bit more about the community from riding with him and talking with him. And so yeah, and you it hear was, stories about people. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. I would also suggest, and you've already mentioned it, and mm-hmm. you may going to talk about it in a moment too, is get a directory. Mm-hmm. And begin to read through that directory, looking at photos, look for, what I always say is look for those uh, recurring names. Yes. Yes. So if you go to Trinity Baptist Church and you see the name Haynes, 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 uh-huh. Haynes, Haynes. That must be an important family around it's Trinity gotta Baptist. got to be an important yeah. family. <laughs> and so that's true of uh, most churches, there are going to be some recurring names. Just take note of that and try to memorize as many names to faces as you can. Absolutely. And so even when they first meet you, they walk up to you and they say, well, you don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. And they say their names that you can say something. Oh yeah. I was looking at the directory. You're yeah, such and such. Such and such. Yeah. And your yeah. husband is such and such, yeah. you know, yeah. and just be able to give them some information and they automatically think, oh, he cares about us. That's right. He's he's wanting to know who we are and 
trying yeah. to figure out who we are. That is right. And I, I always set a time limit whenever I go to a church when I want to have everybody's name memorized. I'm a little bit weird. I want to, by the second Sunday, I want to have everybody's name memorized, which I'm kind of, I'm kind of quick at that. And it's one thing I was good at whenever I was a kid, I would memorize your books. And it still has me today. I can tell you somebody's name from 1987 and what grade they were in at Casa Elementary School. But I was really weird. I learned. <laughs> You're devices. still weird. Yeah, I'm still weird. <laughs> I learned ways of learning people's names. And, and it helped me, it helps me today where it typically in a couple of weeks, I'll have everybody's name memorized. And, and that's one thing I want to do. I tell you the, the second church I served as pastor, Mount Isle Baptist, we had five sets of identical twins. So that's hard. Uh, discerning between <laughs> identical twins. And, uh, but there are, there are little tricks that you can learn after the years. And you're right. It just helps. If you know that person's name, it helps. Now I'm 41 years old at 51. Will I be able to do that? Probably not. Uh, I think that that will ease on out. And that's something I was gifted with. But as as age gets on in there, it's harder to remember people's names. I'm terrible with names. I, I know, just I, I just know. can't do it. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'm all the time thinking of. Oh, come on, David. You know who that you is? And, <laughs> and snapping and trying to think. He's, he's yeah. looking at me like, <laughs> give me some more info, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we need some, something else to work with here. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, learn names. That was one of the ones I was going to mention later on. I agree. I yeah. Agree. I think that needs to be done pretty early too. Absolutely. As soon as possible. As soon as possible. When's it, when's it, uh, okay. So when you first go to a church, you can just walk up to somebody and say, I know you told me your name. Please tell me again yeah. what's your name. When is it not yeah. appropriate to do that? <laughs> After you've had a conversation or two with them. Yeah. And you <laughs> you should know their name by now. It's too late. And so that's what we, I spoke about that with another, with another pastor before. And he's like, you know, he calls everybody. He doesn't remember the name like buddy or, you know. Brother and yeah, sister. Br- yeah. All oh, hey, brother. <laughs> Good to see I you, just sister. Can't remember their name, yeah. <laughs> but right, there's a line where where you know you've crossed it, and you should know their name by now. But for some reason, you do not, and then it's just the generic buddy, brother, sister, pal, friend, whatever. So I fully agree. Hey, <laughs> you, you. <laughs> I've been praying for you. <laughs> or what's bad? I know you've never had this happen. To of course you. not. But when somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, will you pray for me real quick? Evan? Yeah. And you're like, I want to call their name out before the Lord. But dear God, I'm praying for my brother. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's a child you, of yours. You know him better than you, I do. Because <laughs> you know his name. <laughs> that's terrible, man. Yeah, learn names. Usually, once the committee learns that you're, if they think you're coming for a trial sermon, they might even give you a, an opportunity to take a directory home with you. And you can sort of, you know, do some prerequisite work even before your trial Sunday sermon to learn people's names. Yeah, and if the church doesn't have a directory, because some churches don't, then I think if you if you have a ministry assistant or you have a roll book somewhere just to to be able to go through that, look at those records and be able to see those names that way when they do come and introduce themselves to you, that yeah. you'll have a, a name and a face to yeah. associate together. 
Uh, man, I fully agree. Uh, something else I want to do, Thomas, is I want to quickly learn the pattern of organization within the church. Uh, typically, you can find that out by the Constitution and bylaws, but but there are some churches that operate on a, well, yeah, our Constitution and bylaws is written like this, but this is how we operate. We really do. And I want to learn as soon as possible how things happen. How does work get done? How does dates get put how do dates get put on the calendar? And I want to learn just the day-to-day operation of a church. Now, are you interested in our constitution and bylaws when you first go there? I am, yes. Definitely. I uh, I'm just the interim pastor at a church right now and I've already got their constitution bylaws and I'm That's just right. reading through it because it it gives you so much information about the church. And and what I'm I want to say next as far as I think what can help a pastor is to know the history of the church mm-hmm. and the way that connects with constitution bylaws. You can know a lot about the history of a church by reading the constitution and bylaws. Mm-hmm. You can recognize some issues they may have had in the past. If they've got one page on the pastor and 10 pages on the calling and responsibility of deacons, then you can almost be assured they've had some problems with deacons in the past. That's right. And they're trying to correct that by putting that in the Constitution and bylaws. But just knowing the history, to be able to talk to someone and within the church and say something like, I know this church was founded in 1842. Mm -hmm. It has a rich history. Or to be able to laugh and joke about the pews that, that were there at one time that pinched people on the rear end. And, yeah, yeah. you know, just the small details of the history of the church can, um, uh, can be beneficial for that pastor. I agree, man. I totally agree. I also want to learn not just people's names, be able to put a name with a face, which is you're exactly right about that. I want to learn family connections. Who is kin to whom? What, family married in this family and because typically within churches you know kids grow up going to uh, third grade Sunday school together and then in 10th grade Sunday school they start and then and there are now adults who are 50 or 60 they might have been going here forever and those families met here at church and they married here at church and families have a way of connecting with each other and I want to learn about those family connections I guess so if I know I can I, can, I can't talk with the the Joneses about the Smiths because they're intermarried I got to keep my information to myself. So, uh, but I want to learn about family connections in the church. And that's so important in any church, especially here in the South. Yes, that's right. No matter if it's a church of 50 people. Yeah. Or if it's a church of 500 people. Yeah. They're going to be people who are kin to one another in that church. Yes. And it's going to be like some brother and sister. It's the brother uh and sister they were married not not the brother and sister were married together (laughs) what state are we in (laughs) (laughs) not one of those states (laughs) i started to say i know i know you did (laughs) we were gonna turn some of our listeners off right exactly (laughs) that's called being uh diplomatic well you are so diplomatic sir have i have i have i called you a diplomat today you haven't (laughs) well you're such a diplomat (laughs) so there's usually and what i'm saying is they're older and you would have no way of knowing because they have their own nucleus of family, nucleus of family on the other side, and then 
but their brother and sister, completely different names, completely different looks, yeah. attitudes, everything, but yet they're yeah. kin. Yeah. Had that happen a few times that I've been within the church and learned later on, oh, you're kin, you're kin to them. I, I never thought that. I would have never known that yeah. because they were just completely different. Yeah. The families were completely different. Yeah, man, you're right about that. What's something else that you want to do when you first get into a church, Thomas? Let me let me let me tell you what else I'm thinking. <laughs> let me as an inside joke, we'll tell you guys later on about it. But let me, let me tell you what else I'm thinking. I, I want I want to spend time with people. So often, initially in a pastor's ministry, it's hey preacher, is anybody taking you out to eat this Sunday after after church? If not, let's go out to eat. And you run down the road, but but that will diminish after those who want to take the new preacher out to eat. After those ten or twelve people have done that, then they've they've done their duty. And then it's beyond that. So I would say you'll have invitations to go out and eat. You'll have invitations occasionally to go to someone's house and eat, take advantage of that. But then this is the one of the number one ways you can spend time with people hang around after church, hang around after church. Now, now let me share with you. This right here is a new Albany statement. What I'm about to tell you. Right now, Mark Robbins is our beloved associate pastor of youth and missions right here at the Trinity Baptist Church. Mark is from New Albany. His home church is Hillcrest Baptist, and he comes to Trinity with this terminology that I'd never heard before. He says that churches are either pre-piddle or post-piddle churches, and Trinity is a pre-piddle church. If you're going to talk with somebody, you get here a little bit early, you hang around and you talk, but there are some churches that are post-piddle churches. After the amen is said, people may hang around for 45 minutes or an hour just talking with each other. And I've been able to see a transition on Wednesday nights right here at Trinity Baptist. On Wednesdays, we are now a post-piddle church. The amen is said, we sit back in the sanctuary and just have a good time talking. For those of us who are in that Bible study, not one of the other Bible studies, we might talk for 30 or 45 minutes about whatever. And we just have a good time talking a post-piddle time. And it is just growing in relationship with each other. So spend time with the people. Talk about whatever in the world they want to talk about. I think a pastor should uh, make some visits very early, too. Not everyone wants the pastor to visit. And most, I'm, I'm 38 years old. David is 41, 41 I'm ancient man, <laughs> <laughs> but even our age group really doesn't want people to come and visit because they got kids running around. The house is messed up. They, they're, they've been working and yeah, come busy. home and cooking and they're just busy, really busy. And so they don't really want people to visit, but some of the older members they've been sitting there all day waiting for somebody to visit yeah they've been wanting for somebody to come by to see them and so i would say for a pastor to spend time with his his church people one of the things that he can do early on is pick out some sunday school classes of the of the older church members and visit the visit through the roles of that of that Sunday school class or those Sunday school classes. Yeah, that's what I've done in the uh, in the past. That's what I did at Holly. Got there and took two of those classes mm -hmm. and began just visiting. I go and just 
knock on the door and talk to the people yeah and spend some time with them and so they they really like that that age group does and then eventually you, it kind of gets word out in the church mm-hmm. oh the pastor came and visited me mm-hmm. he's going through this sunday school list yeah he's probably going to see you next mhm and then you see one of them on Sunday and they say, hey, preacher, I'll be at my house on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Come got on doctor's visit. appointments on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday <laughs> and Friday, but I'll be there Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I might come by and see you. Yeah. And, yeah. and they look forward to that all week long. So, and it gives an opportunity to, to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, even to stick your head in the Sunday school classes, uh, I stick my head every Sunday morning, I stick my head in every Sunday school class, except the youth. Right now at Trinity, they're across the road. And so I don't stick my head in the youth Sunday school class, but every other Sunday school class, I don't, I don't spend long. I walk through some of them, I shake hands with some people, high five with others, and just talk about whatever, just a little bit. But I'm in every Sunday school class just to say hi. I started that my very first Sunday here, and I've really never stopped it. And it's been a good time just to stop by and say hello you got to be fast because i usually start 15 minutes before sunday school starts and so i go to the largest class first because they already have it 15 minutes uh, before it starts they already have 15 16 people in the class so i start there and then i wind up with the class for the people about my age because they're the latest ones getting there and that's where i stick my head in last hey guys what's up you know just talk just for a minute so yeah because they're they're busy they're trying to get kids ready for church and they come in on two wheels into the church parking lot and uh, most of the time they just uh barely making it yeah yeah and uh and and need somebody to pray for them yeah. before they service most <laughs> Lord of the time. Us, yeah. <laughs> Preacher, I'm glad you showed up before my wife said something <laughs> that she was going to regret, that I might regret too. <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. Well, Thomas, one more thing that I think is pretty wise. Find out who is willing and able to close services in prayer. Not everybody wants to pray, but there are many who want to and are able-bodied and, and can learn kind of who to call on to dismiss in prayer. A lot of times someone doesn't think about that. And I just talked with a guy the other day who went for a trial sermon at a church. And he said, what am I supposed to do about calling on somebody to pray? And I said, call on the chairman of the deacons to pray, you know, because you don't know anybody else, but I'm trusting that that guy can pray. And you want to learn who might be six people, might be 60 people that are willing to pray and just kind of know who you're going to call on to pray. The second church I served as pastor, I actually had a list. I had a list of about 40 or 45 guys that I would, and I went through it AM, PM. And whenever I would mark it off my list to make sure that I, would, I wasn't overlooking anybody, and I would go to that person before the service, I would always, I would talk like that, fun. I would say, Hey, I'm going to call on you to dismiss in prayer. And I would say, You got about an hour to get a good one worked up, buddy. And that's what I would always <laughs> tell him. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll try, preacher. And, uh, and so I, w- I would give them a notice at the beginning of the service, I'm going to be calling you to dismiss in prayer. I do that now with teenagers. Whenever I feel led of the Lord to call on a teenager to pray, I'll tell them before the service, Hey, I want you to know at the end of this service, as the Lord moves otherwise, I'm going to call on you to pray. I did that a few months back. I told a young man, he's 16 years old. I told him, and uh, I was going to call him to close out in prayer. And then I forgot. When I got to the end of the service, I forgot about it. Came up after, he said, Brother Dad, I thought you were going to call me to pray, man. I said, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I said, next Sunday, you've got a whole week to get a good one worked up. So. <laughs> at, at Holly, I always used to call on the man who didn't look at me. 
<laughs> at the end of the service, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, so it became one of those things that they would stare me down. <laughs> but uh, so but I'm telling you, if it was a deacon. Yeah. And I could tell that they were trying to, you're yeah. a pastor, you yeah. know, you've seen them where they'll try to stand behind Squirm somebody right. yeah. and, and they're trying to be still and they're not looking at you. Yeah. And I think he's not walking with the Lord this week. Yeah. <laughs> Pray us out of here, brother. <laughs> Dear deacon brother. Dear Sunday school brother. Yeah. Oh, will man. you uh, pray for us real quick? Have, have you ever had anybody decline to pray in public? I've not had anyone to decline. Uh -huh. I had someone to ignore me completely. <laughs> I want to hear that story, and I'm going to tell you two stories. All right, what happened? So it was at First Baptist Nettleton, yeah. and and I can't even remember the guy's name we right love now. Him. Yeah, <laughs> but it was I was. Uh, I wasn't the really the interim. I, okay. I was the youth guy, but we didn't have a pastor, and yeah. so I was preaching. I was preaching some on Sunday mornings and it was Sunday morning and I called on him to pray and he just bowed his head and didn't say anything. Uh -huh. And I waited uh -huh. and I waited. Uh -huh. Did he hear you? I don't know if he heard me or not. Right, right, right. He might, so he I don't might know have. if he heard, but, but so it was awkward. Do? It was awkward for everybody else yeah. who was sitting around close to him because yeah. they all looked. Yeah. And then he didn't start praying, and then they looked at me like, uh -huh. "What are we gonna do? This is <laughs> we're gonna just be here forever. <laughs> this is off the rails." <laughs> and I think I called on somebody else to pray. <clears throat> I got you. I got you. All right. So, so I have t I have two stories. One goes back to the first church I ever served as pastor. Such good people, and there was a gentleman who did not attend our church except for special occasions. Now he had family that attended our church, faithfully attended our church, and this guy was such a nice guy, man, such a nice guy. I always he and I talked about NBA basketball. He's such a big Boston Celtics fan, and we talked we talked basketball. And and uh, he came, he would come to all of our special services. And he was there on this Sunday night of like a revival. And he was so fun to be around. And so I got up and welcomed everybody to the service. And I said, brother, so-and-so, it's so good to have you visiting here with us. Would you please open us with a word of prayer? I, now, I didn't know. He was a primitive Baptist, a hard, a hard shell Baptist, what is also known as. His belief was that only ordained men could pray in public. And a, a regular guy, which he was not an ordained man, he was not a deacon, he was not a, he was not a pastor. And he felt that he could not pray in public. So I said, brother, so-and-so, would you please open us up with prayer? Obviously, he had been asked before because he smiled, just a beautiful smile. Mom, and he said, I decline the invitation. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And so, you know, I went to the next guy. Oh, but then the, the second church I was serving as pastor. There was a uh, there was a guy. He was, he was a good friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, a little bit older than me. At that time, I was thirty. Whenever I went there, and he would have probably been about forty, maybe mid forties, and uh, and he was such a nice guy, so outgoing. But I didn't know that he had a, a basically a phobia of praying in in public. I didn't know that, and just a nice guy. At the end of the service, I said, "Would you please dismiss us with prayer?" And called him out, and I saw him. He looked at me and smiled, and I thought, "Okay, he's going to be praying." And as I started walking down the aisle, I thought. But he ain't praying. Somebody else was praying. And he squeezed the hand of his wife, and she dismissed us with prayer. Is what she did. <laughs> so she just jumped right in and prayed for him. So. That's happened before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that it had. So, yep, that's right. Okay, David, so before, yeah. I know we're getting ready to close this out. Yeah. But before we do, ministry of saying hello, uh -huh. some practical ways to begin a ministry, mm -hmm. some 
ways to to start well, yeah. what's one thing you should not do? Oh, one thing you should not do. I didn't expect you were going to ask that. One thing you should not do. I am going to say this. One thing you should not do is make immediate changes. Yes. That is there correct. is a time to make changes early in ministry. Some we've talked about this before. Yeah. There are some people who say you don't make any changes within the first year. I don't think that is completely appropriate. But if you're just getting there within the first week, month, two months, maybe even three months, you should not make any huge, major changes within the church. Because for one thing, you're not the pastor. You're just the preacher at the time. Yep. The When you uh, are building this relationship as a pastor, it takes time. It's It's steeped. You know, that relationship is steeped yeah. over time. And so you need to to uh, get people on board with any kind of changes. So I would say yeah. do not make any major changes very early on. Yeah. And I, and my, what I'm going to say is going to be similar to what you've just said, but I would say do not come into a pastoral situation and lament that church or you're doing this wrong you're doing that wrong and don't just praise and praise the church you just left or the church down the road or the church that's got it all going on because that church thinks they're doing everything just right well why would anybody do anything differently the changes can come with time and don't go in and just lambast the way they do things this is probably what i would say that's a very good question yeah, Thomas. Good. yeah. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for, for your shared thoughts about saying hello. It's, it's fun to say hello. It's hard to say goodbye. And but this has been a good time talking about saying hello. And thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Tune in again next week.